Maybe. There's worse. That's better. It sounds the same to me, but whatever. It's fine. Okay. I don't know. I'll stay good with it. I That drive every time gets Perfect. me. Perfect. Yeah, that doesn't get old. Welcome, team. We got Liam and Rian in the house. Hello. Yeah, sure do. Welcome, welcome. The group back at it. Yeah. Band's back together. The band's back together. And little jockey boy. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey. Hi. Is he getting big? Yeah, we weighed him yesterday. He's up to 12 kilos now, which is pretty big for a 15-week-old puppy. That's huge. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. Blue's 21 kilos, so he's catching up already. Wow. Yeah, right. yeah. That, was, um, that was Beethoven's weight, so you can tell like, yeah. Beethoven's all fluff and no muscle. Dude, so much fluff. Every time I pat him, I'm surprised at how much fluff there is to him. Yeah. You should see when he gets yeah. wet. It's hilarious. It yeah, a little rat. rat. That's what she said. <laughs> um, oh, so, dear. what have you all been up to? Liam, you've been away. Yeah, I went on a 10-day road trip. I went from here down the New South Wales coast. took five days to drive down to Adelaide. So, drive down New South Wales coast and then cut through, went to Wagga Wagga through through Pinaroo at the border of, um, of South Australia and then stayed a couple of days in Adelaide where Danielle's sister had a baby. Um, I didn't realize how small brand new babies are. Like obviously, do, like I've seen babies like when people brought them into the gym for the first time and they're obviously real small, like they're like a week or two old, but <clears throat> a baby that was born yesterday is so small. Yes. Absolutely like ridiculous. Tiny, tiny little soft, squishy potatoes. Literally, and just all they do is just like meh, meh, <laughs> meh. <laughs> I caught one. Yeah. Funnily enough. Yeah. In, in I the bet the you did. Room. Yeah. Did you catch Emmy, Greg? Did yeah. You- Oh my god! Because like, there's so much pressure there, and then when it comes out, it like rockets out. And if you are not coordinated, you will drop her or him. <laughs> it is fucking crazy. That's scary. Yeah, dude. That's fucking wild. That is wild. But I mean, I've never even you know, thought of that. Being my hands a thing. are here, and then the table's here, so it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like, You'd have to but, be special to miss it. Well, yeah. there'd be many special people, I reckon. It's very slippery. hundred oh, percent. I believe it. I believe it. Craig's like, I dropped her. <laughs> well, I don't think we dropped her for the first like couple of months, but she's been dropped. Like, yeah, you drop babies. I'm under control for a couple months. No. <laughs> when yeah. you've got her, especially like, off the side of a bed and shit. When you've got her like here, like in your in your grasp, and then you're just walking through rooms, and your head like you you hear this clonk, and you're like, oh, that's her head. Oh, no. um, <laughs> parenting one hundred and one. Yeah, thank you. Parenting hacks from Gregory. 
Yeah. And then, then you go and get, you know, you do your six month catch up with the, the nurse and they're like, oh no, she's at, she's at scratch. She's, you know, she's, she's normal for her age. I'm like, thank God. She hasn't like, lost thank brain cells or anything. Maybe she was going to be a genius before you hit her head. Yeah. No, no, no. We didn't actually whack her head, but she's fell off the bed. <laughs> like you're just like, she's um, sleeping and she's in the bed and you just hear this crack when you're in the kitchen and you're like, you're like, oh no. Our That's my worst nightmare. That's why. That <laughs> happens. It's fine. What do you mean? My, my dad said, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, talk about your dad. My my dad said when I was uh, when I was real little, like maybe three or four months old, uh, I was sleeping in between them, and he rolled on top of me, and yeah, my mum couldn't wake him up, so she lay down on her back, got her heels up, and kicked him in the back as hard as she could, and he flew off the bed, and uh, that was my whole story. So, so yeah. were you just like laying under him though, like this? Uh, I don't remember, Ryan. No, apparently I was crying. Apparently I was crying. Very first memory for me ever. (laughs) Yeah, and Anne doesn't trust me, so it's like the wall, Emmy, Anne, a long pillow, and then me. (laughs) Yeah, so you're just like, like, you have one foot on the ground, stopping you from falling off. (laughs) This wild. What have you been doing, Rizzo? Nothing, nothing. Just working and training. I've been doing the program. It's been so good. Um, I'm very jealous. I've missed like 10 whole days of the program and I'm sad. Yeah, I just have, I, I don't know, I don't really have any particular reason as to why I've been enjoying it more than anything. I mean, nothing's different, but I just, I've definitely, I have been in, uh, I've been enjoying the 20 reps, the 20 rep back squats and the 20 rep deadlifts. That's been like, it's especially for me. I ha- I said this to Liam before. I was like, I've never been really <coughs> deadlifts at all ever. Like for me, it's, I've always, I was always that person in a workout that was doing singles, like fast singles mm. for, it's like pitch of reps at like 70, 80 kilos, 90 kilos. I was always doing singles, but I've been doing like the set of 20 and being like, this feels amazing. So awesome. Yeah, really That's good. It. You have changed your whole bottom position and everything. Like you'll pull off the ground in your, in all of your movements really. So that would probably have a lot to do with it, with how you're engaging, not just your legs, but your midline and stuff as well, which is pretty cool to see that that change you've made has, has uh, made a difference. Yeah. yeah. I think traditionally as a weightlifter as well, like why would you need to pull more than one off the ground? You know, like that's why weightlifters don't really love deadlifts or high rep deadlifts. It's like you just need to pull one and it's not even a one rep max deadlift. Mm. Um, Whereas typical typical CrossFitters suck at squatting. So we're getting the best of both worlds, hey? Literally. I, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought I was going to struggle far more and I feel like I was worried that everybody else was going to really struggle too <laughs> like I was low-key nervous um mm. it's been awesome I feel like everybody I mean I do Friday morning so I do the deadlifts on Friday morning and it's been great I think it's and we probably worded it well as well like the percentages are so important on them days mm. whereas mm. on other days like it's like oh it's 78% and now it's like 91% is just like 
tiny little things but when it's like a yeah. 20 rep max like then small percentages make a big difference and huge difference yeah pretty diligent on that first week where we're like it needs to be this and even yeah. if people fucked it up they realized that they fucked it up and then it's like all right pull yourself back in it needs to be mm. this for this week because you're just gonna fucking destroy yourself so then percentage then percentage is pretty spot on because um yeah we've got to work out next week that um you know it should be we're only doing 10 reps, not 20 reps, but it should be sort of close to where you've been living on that first or second week. So I'm pretty excited for that workout. Yeah, we'll talk about that. In a yeah, second. and I think, mm. I, and I said today, I was telling the guys in class today, you know, our intention is to obviously we'll do, you know, those, that deadlift squat variation for the workout next week and step away from the 20 reps, but the, idea is to maintain that volume and still test that volume a little bit and then we're going to come back and test it at the end of the the block again mm. i'm actually i'm excited to see how the retest will go mm. but i'm excited to see like a full send 20 rep max test you know well yeah we didn't really test it at the start we just kind of like did it you know like now that everyone kind of knows what it feels five. like when you get to the end of the end of the program and you kind of know, okay, I built up to whatever it is, 70, 75% of my one rep max or 20. Let's give 85% a go and see what I can do, see how far I can get. I think that's going to be super exciting, at least for me, um, to watch, not so much to do. Yeah. but I reckon there'll be a big discrepancy between the back squat and the deadlift because everyone's super confident with the deadlift being just like yay close to the ground. Whereas if it's on your back, you're like, you know, you're going to shit yourself. Or yeah. you, you need spotters there yeah. to do everything perfectly. So I reckon the back squats, you know, they'll be up there, but I reckon there'll be some pretty big weights on the deadlift for a 20. 100%. I think I'm especially excited. because with I'm the deadlift, a lot of people get uh, that little bit of assistance with the bounce off the ground as well. What bounce? Well, even if you're just touching touching the ground lightly, there is still a like a bounce yeah. off the ground, which you're not getting in a squat. Yeah, correct. I was yeah. I, I was trying about, my best to. I don't know about yeah. you guys, but I bounce out of my squat. <laughs> yeah, my knees my knees was ex, would explode if I squatted like you do. I've got some nine like, mil <laughs> knee sleeves, but if I could have twelve mil, mil knee, knee sleeves, I'd have twelve mil knee sleeves. Do you really? They had twenty mil and nines. Do you really think twelve mil would make a difference? What if you what if you used weightlifting straps? You're allowed. Well, probably not at CrossFit comps. Actually, I don't think you're allowed to wear uh, the wraps at CrossFit comps. I actually have a set, and I've used them in the past, probably like five years ago now. And it takes me like ten minutes to wrap both my knees, and then I waddle out, and then one of them unravels on my first rep. So I'm just like, yeah, Fuck it's this. definitely a skill to to wrap at your knees properly. Yeah. Um, so, did you guys see the announcement from CrossFit? I did it. So, what's this announcement? This is news to me. Yes, this makes me very excited. Actually, can you see this? Um, yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like the little reminder in the top left corner here. Actual recording is of higher quality. Actually, I can't even see it. I can't see shit yet. Yeah, I can't see it. I can't see it. It's loading. 
Um, but yeah, in, in short, Riz, they announced that the age groups, so the teenagers, the old farts, and the um, uh, the adaptive division will be on a different date, or will all have their own date, oh. rather than being on the same year as um, oh, the same weekend as the as the individuals. Yeah. Okay. Teams in the yeah, so, yeah, so individuals and teams will be on the same weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then adaptive masters and teams will all be on different weekends at different locations, which I think is pretty exciting for those athletes who are wanting to do that, do those things because that puts that whole weekend's uh, emphasis is on you rather than you kind of being like an afterthought, which I think – not only will be good for the athletes in terms of getting a good experience at the games, but also sponsorships and, and stuff like that. Like getting more exposure is, is huge. Something that doesn't happen very often in CrossFit, but having four weekends rather than one will be pretty cool. I think. But this is my question. Do you not worry that like, not that this sounds terrible, but Obviously, because they're all on the same weekend, you kind of get a lot more people watching because everybody's there. Or do you think – and so then it's like if it's on a separate weekend, people are less likely to watch? Or do you think it will be – Well, personally, I definitely am more likely to watch if it's on a separate weekend. So if if I, if I have an hour and a half on a Saturday to watch the CrossFit game, I'm going to prioritise and I'm going to watch the individuals. Mm. Where and that means I'm choosing not to watch the 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 age groups and I'm choosing not to watch the adaptive division. But if in three weeks time there's a age group division and there's nothing else on, I'm watching the age group division. True. That's just me, me though. That that's if CrossFit actually like stream it quite well. Yeah. If it's me, well, especially with the CrossFit games being in America where it's like all weird without times, you know, like it, it's like overnight. So you can't really watch it live. Like I might like jump on live and I'll see a few of the teens or the masters by accident. And I might watch a bit of it, but I'm there for the individuals. Mm. I feel like if it was a completely different competition on a different day, I don't, I don't know if I'd actually like, to be honest, go and watch the masters I don't even know if they're going to call it the CrossFit Games Masters thing. They might call it like a Legends thing or you'll be a Legends athlete or something like that. They haven't really specified whether it's going to be like yeah. a CrossFit Games competition Star or they'll – Yeah. Mm. And like I think maybe for the first couple of years. There you go. Yeah, so people are dedicating their whole life to, you know, make it as a teen or make it as a master. But if they remove that word CrossFit Games athlete, then I think that might deter a few people because they actually mm. want that maybe want in their bio time. or they you know, it might might sell whatever they're trying to sell. And I'm just curious. That would be disappointing. Yeah. Obviously, they have released zero details other than just saying, hey, it's going to be on different weekends and in different locations. Um, I mean, they haven't actually even said it would be different weekends. I've just said different locations, and I've assumed it'll be on different I, weekends. Yeah, I think Dave Castro mentioned it's going to be on a completely different weekend in his. Yeah, I think. Week. I think it's better. I think you'll have think more people too. competing. I think you'll have more because now you can invite thirty from each age group rather than seven or eight or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, he that said they were it's going to basically double. 
double the qualifying spots. Yeah, which is huge, right? I think that's just good for the sport, having more people competing at the top level, even if it's only their friends and family watching the event. Now you have double the amount of people watching that event and all the same people will still watch the CrossFit Games and your weekend is going to go for three days and you'll know when the time slots are. You don't have to sift through 19 different heats of shit to just watch the one heat that you want to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, I'm I'm excited about it. I just had Do you this find thing. this crazy that Tia Claire Toomey is competing at the Rogue and she just had a baby like yeah, six dude. or eight weeks nah, ago? I can't even. I mean, yeah, yeah. The thing I have just back on the topic of like the event, the thing that bothers me about CrossFit, it's like just fucking pick a way to run this goddamn event. Yeah. With it. Stop changing it. Like they change changes every year. The qualifying. Every single year. Every Mm -hmm. year. Everything changes all of the time. And it's like, just commit to one thing. Like, why do we keep changing it all the time? Yeah, it does make it hard to follow as well as a sport. It just makes it, like, frustrating because it's like, oh. like. Well, like, I just don't think that they've found the right path yet. I, know, like, I don't think they really gave anything except for the original way a try. Well, they did, they did sanctionals for a couple of years and then they moved to regionals and then regionals was like, what, how many like years, like five years. And then they moved away from regionals and then they went to sanctionals. Um, but I'm not sure if it was like a financial thing because they definitely were losing money doing these massive regionals around the world where now they do sanctionals where people are actually like touring pro are paying CrossFit to run that and they make money by doing a really good event. But I don't know the back end of like financials and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's been a little bit of discussion on like the audience and the um, the viewing of the CrossFit Games going down from, you know, maybe five years ago to now. So maybe they're mm. trying to just find a better way. But yeah, it's frustrating, yeah. especially from us who, you know, just want a little bit of stability in the sport to just, you know, have a bit of fun and, you know, creep away at getting closer and closer or, you know, yeah, even just following it's, it's hard to follow now, but. Well, I think it's especially like, let's say someone like, let's say Greg decides that he wants to become a CrossFit games athlete, athlete in the master's division. You don't know what your year is going to look like, which is crazy. Like you are trying to be a high level athlete and no one in the sport knows what their next 12 months is going to look like. That is insanity. Yeah. Well, especially the masters and the teens, like that's changed from year to year. Yeah. Whereas at least the individuals has been somewhat similar with like, yes. Whereas the masters is like, Oh no, we're going to do an online thing now. And like, Mm. that's why everyone kept asking me when I, when I won tour and they're like, so are you going to the games? And I'm like, Oh no, that was just an in-person competition. It's all about these online competitions where you're just racing the fucking camera. And I'm like, yeah. that sucks so bad. Cause I do so much better in person. Yeah. Whereas and Torium pro put on a really good comp. I feel like that should be a qualifier to the games, but unfortunately it's, just- it is hard though. Cause then you're not just competing with people in like, because an age group is much smaller than 
the entirety of it. You can't just be like, okay, well, like three people from Australia and three people. I mean, that's like, they could do that now. Now that now that they are inviting more than double the amount of people to potentially the age group CrossFit Games, you can now invite every year three people from Australia, which means that the Torian Pro can have a live event for those three spots, you know, where now it was kind of just like, oh, if, if all 10 of the best are from us then that is what it is and then it's just those 10 that go yeah i think with more spots available you kind of you allow stuff like that like how cool would it be to watch i think in person at the torian pro watching the the oldies throw down would be pretty cool yeah well i mean that's something that you know i follow and i keep an eye on but I'm mm. I'm curious as to how many other people follow follow the masters yeah. and the teams and all that stuff. Well, I actually did read an interesting thing that um, I think it said that 35% of the um, of the signups for the Open was uh, masters athletes who actually competed in um, in in the masters category rather than in the Open category, which is yeah. huge, right? If you just get like 35% of the total registry is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, yeah, they're the quick, ones that are paying, paying the rent. That's a quick mm. thing. This is not just in, this is not just in CrossFit though, in weightlifting, even in competitive weightlifting, we had at our master's event this year at master's nationals, like 50, 50 or 60 people competing in the master's division compared to like the 20 to 30 we had in the seniors. Yeah. Masters, I think that's something you'll see. All of the judging, they do all of that other stuff as well. And I feel like it's the same for CrossFit. And it's because the masters, obviously they have more time. They don't have to work or, you know, whatever. They are able to schedule themselves a lot better, but it just seemed so wild to me that they kind of like, palm the masters palm the teens when really they're the ones that they need to rely on the most yeah to try and like keep everything going you know yeah it's a i think it's a bit of a a missed um case when people like rich running and maybe even when matt fraser turns 35 like if they continued in the individual route rather than the team thing and started and if there was actually money there to do it then people would start watching individual again for the 35 to 39 mm-hmm. and then when he turns 40 he keeps going but they don't do that anymore you had scott panchak do it but he isn't like a fronting effect you know like if running did no, yeah this year's masters it would have changed the game but unfortunately yeah everyone would have watched it. Do it yeah but i so think eventually a, it's going to happen right eventually noah olsen is going to be 35 and he's going to whether you like him or not, he's going to drag his um, his fan base with him. Uh, uh, Bjorgen Carl Goodmanson is, a ve- is a, a eventually going to be 35. Kara Webb or Kara Saunders rather is going to be of that age. And then when they start competing, I think it starts dragging interest that way as well. I just think well, at the you're moment you're just assuming you don't have those to names. compete, but are they going to compete for little little prize money? You know. What I mean. Well, I, I did watch uh, I did watch uh, um, an interview with Noah Olsen, and he said he would. Like, why? He's, he's like, oh yeah, I'd love to do the age groups. Like, I'd love to actually bring some interest there because 
the money comes after the interest is there. It doesn't happen the other way around, right? Mm. Like you can't pay someone if no one's watching and no one's going to watch if these guys aren't there. So someone's going to have to be like, oh, I'm going to do it because I find it fun. Like Noah Olsen probably doesn't need to worry about his sponsorships anymore. Like he'll just have sponsors for the rest of his life. He can go and do the masters and still make money. Yeah. It's a shame that we're all we talk about is like money to bring sponsorship and people over. But at the end of the day, I just hope it doesn't die out and it continues because I fucking, I love watching it. And dude, it's my favorite. Yeah. Unfortunately, just, you just need money to run the world. I just think if they don't get it right soon, it's going to keep getting less and less and less. If they keep Yeah, so this is a big this is a big step in their direction and if it's not fucking right on this one when they've actually separated them and they're like there's going to be better now, if this doesn't work, then I don't know, like What are they going to yeah. do? There's nothing else that they can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. Something was really special about CrossFit in 2017 and 2018. And then something changed. And then they they did that whole invite the whole to come compete at the CrossFit Games. And something just felt different. And it hasn't quite felt the same to me ever since. Um, And I I can't quite put my finger on exactly what it is that that feels different. Uh, Other than obviously the blaringly obvious... um, mismanagement of the sport i just mean even just watching the athletes i feel less I'm yeah, less I think, impressed um, than i was then savan touched on it and i think it's like crossfit is a media company and if you don't treat it like a media company then the the visuals of crossfit aren't going to come through and you know you get little trickles of of like shit from you know rich Craig Ritchie or whatever. Craig mm. Ritchie and Proven's team, but you know, we don't we don't see any like really cool stories anymore, like the road to the games and stuff. And I maybe they yeah. just need to look at that avenue again and you know make it It's make a shame because I reckon again. they they were one of the biggest media companies on the planet for a while. <laughs> or at least one of the biggest growing media companies, and then they fired the whole media team. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Anyway, what can you do? Nothing. Anyway. Anything except to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on I... the topic of uh, competitions, we've got some coming up, don't we? Yeah. So I've got a team in, and I think we have one other team. Is it just two teams? In what? In we've got All Stars coming up in. Yep. So All Stars. I'm actually confused as to who's actually doing All Stars because I know every single Ducks team. Uh, all the RX Ducks teams qualified. Yeah. Um, uh, are we just then, really good or were they desperate for teams? No. So what happened is your top five teams qualify. I think our top finishing RX teams fourth, uh, they qualified. And then every time someone from a different state, because the final is in Queensland, anytime someone from a different state rejected their uh, their invite, they invited a team from Queensland. Yeah. So in the end, all all our Ducks teams got invites from Queensland because the final is here. It's just easier for them to invite a Queensland team. Right. Um, so I know, we, I think we had four teams actually qualify. I don't know which have accepted because one team have, 
Uh, they have someone overseas, and the other team, Josh, dislocated his shoulder, but I think they're doing it. So the uh, Brit, Jordan, uh, Ben is in for Josh and Nathan. Um, right. And then your team, Greg, and I heard you guys have an injury replacement as well. Yeah, we got Sarah instead of Kara, so that's just one letter, so that's easy to remember. Yeah, um, what happened? Um, Kara's actually pretty good. She's she's doing almost every class without altering it other than a few things like handstand push-ups and, and stuff, but she's just she's just been like medically pulled from competing just to keep an eye on her self and you know, she's probably just done the right thing because she doesn't want to let us down. Mm. And um, if there was like one or two movements that came up that she wasn't comfortable with, then she wouldn't want to do the movements, obviously. So yeah, fair Sarah's, enough. Sarah's good to go. She's healthy and she's willing to step in and she's old enough. You guys have a pretty good team. I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty keen to um, watch you guys throw down. Do you know anything about the event, Greg? The All-Stars event? Um, I talked to the owner of the event and all he told me was that there's a water event. And I said, oh, so there's swimming. And he's like, there's a water event. And that's all he said. So Whatever I, that means. Maybe we're yeah. rowing on the water. It'll be stand-up. Stand-up paddleboard, you reckon? For teams of four... Paddle. Or kneeboard. <laughs> um, kneeboard. Just going from past history, they don't tend to spend a lot of money on equipment for us. They're just like, they're just going to keep it super simple. They probably put all their money into the venue, but I don't see them bringing mm. out a, a, an implement to a um, board. No. to use for one session. But I reckon it might be. We'll like, see. Other than well, yeah. Running exactly. in the it could water. Be running, running in the water, Baywatch style. It could be it could be like the beach, you're running in the shallow water, you're not allowed to run on the sand. Yeah. It could be like do a workout in the sand, run into the water, get, you know, twenty meters in, come back, run through the the shallow water, get back to yeah. the sand, do a thing. Yeah. Interesting. To me, that's really hard. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but um do you know do you know if it's three days? Because I know they've said that it's Friday to Sunday, but I heard somewhere that it's going to be Masters on Friday and Saturday and then RX um, on Saturday and Sunday. That would be nice because three days of competition. Three days is like, a lot. Dude, we're not, we're not CrossFit Games athletes. We're just, no. we're just in it for a good time. We don't need to be thrown down for three days. So no, I'm might, so happy to do one three-day comp a year and that'll be Torian. Like that's the only time a three-day comp is acceptable in my honest opinion. <laughs> and even that wasn't like high-volume stuff, really. No, it was good. It was well-programmed and everything. Um, Just to confirm, Liam, we're doing it, aren't we? Yes, we are doing it. Yeah, that's that was the other team. So that's a third team. Yeah, and I know – so I know Liss's team qualified. So Liss and, um, yeah, and Shamir and – Trouble with feeling – Yeah, so – yeah, Sarah's away and Josh Luce has a bung knee. So I'm, I'm unsure whether they're doing it, but they did qualify. So that's our four teams. Oh, and we obviously had the um, the other Masters team, the the older Masters team qualify well. Ange and Tash yeah, and the two boys. Um, but again, Ange and Tash are both in Europe at the moment. And I'm not sure on their exact ETA back in uh, Australia. But yeah, that's our, that's our next comp. It's pretty exciting. We've got lots of teams throwing down. That is on the 17th of November, that weekend. So 
That's at um, KO Stadium up the coast. So if you're around, come and support. Yeah, I reckon it'll be pretty cool to watch in the stadium. Yeah. Um, so so you've got some training to do, Liam, if you haven't been doing anything for 10 days. Yeah, so we've got five weeks till that happens. How do you go Lucky. about, and even like in the past as well, where you've maybe had longer than 10 days off or, or whatever, mm. or even coming back from an injury, Rian, you can probably touch on this as well for going on a holiday or having an injury. Like how do you go back into regular training again? Let's say you're not even injured or you're not – you know, maybe you've been sick or something, but you just had 10 days off. Do you just jump straight back into the program, straight back into the volume, hoping that you just like get back to normal again? Uh, no. <laughs> so that's the volume short low, intensity me. high or intensity low, volume high? Or uh, I think it also, it, it depends. So if I'm coming back from sickness, then I'd have low volume and low intensity. Um, but if I'm coming back from, uh, like a holiday, a 10 day holiday, like I just had, I think, um, I'm more likely to try and do a majority of the program, but just pedal back on the actual intensity of each of the pieces. So I'm still trying to keep my, my, um, my recovery rate up. Cause something that I noticed with myself is if I'm not doing a high volume of training, I really struggle to recover from those high intensity um sessions so if i'm doing even if i'm training high intensity but for small amount of volume those high intensities tend to fuck me up real good um but if i'm doing a higher volume of training and then adding a, a high intensity session in i don't get as sore um so that's try to keep my volume up when i'm coming back but that's just uh how it works for me i guess i don't know how you feel about it riz I am, I'm mostly like, yeah, do normal volume and keep intensity pretty low. So is it, whether that's injury or sickness, um, it just, I just go by feel. I just do whatever I can on that day. Like depending on how sick I was, like I've had some pretty bad flus and stuff like that, where it's been like three weeks of just like trying not to die, you know? Um, yeah. but then by the end of it, you're like, oh, I'm back to normal. It's totally fine. Uh, so I think as a preference, like when I came back from my four week holiday, I've said this before, I just, I just modified everything. I scaled everything back. Um, I still tried to do everything, but obviously a scale variation or, uh, slightly modified. And I just kept my intensity low. Um, I didn't go balls to the wall. I just was like moving and making sure I was ticking that box and getting myself back into a good routine. Mm -hmm. I tend to lean a little bit more to the side of intensity with low volume, only intensity. If the, you know, my body's up for it. And if, if I'm dealing with an injury, then I'm not going to obviously throw intensity in there unless it's like avoiding that movement or whatever. But I find that, if I can just keep my intensity high, then I don't need to throw a thousand different things into my training. And if mm. I'm just doing the class, I'm like, all right, there's a 10 minute AMRAP today, or there's like a 10 to 15 minute workout. I can put the intensity in, avoid injury or avoid the movement that I'm trying to you know, recover and still get really, really uncomfortable and out of breath. 
Um, mm. And I find that that's better for me because intensity is so hard to kind of like claw back at because you're always like, oh, I'll just, I'll just dial it back a little bit. I'll do heaps of mm. volume sometimes. And then all of a sudden it's like you don't, you, you know, you're just encouraging yourself to not hurt and and just learning how to hurt is like such a acquired skill. 100%. It does take a little bit of time every time you go away. Yeah. Um, and that being said, I've definitely had my demons with like not wanting to hit intensity and I'll like, I'll be like, oh, so we're doing friend today, zone two it is. And, you know, like <laughs> super slow. No, but um, like today, for example, I, I really tried to push hard and like go hard in the handstand hold toes to bar workout because I know that it's not going to affect my hip at all. Whereas on Monday mm. when it was like the back squat, 20 rep back squat, I literally did mobility for like 20 minutes and then I did my RDLs and focused on, you know, activating my hips. And then I um, did a few drills that Rian gave me, uh, not Rian, um, Felice gave me to do as a physio. Um, and then I did like three sets of five box squats with the empty bar on my back and mm. that was my session for the day you know so um, see but that's a really good example of still trying to do the volume and just taking the intensity back right yeah i think something to note though as well is all three of us have a lot of experience going away and coming back and going away and coming back i know for me that it's like if i just do my volume moderate intensity and gradually build over a four-week period in four weeks i'm back to where i was um and that's with a lot of practice and a lot of like, you know, trial and error on having been through this situation before. So yeah, I'm very confident with my, my ability to do that. Normally if I try and maintain intensity, I get sick again or, you know, I'll hurt myself or, I'll or something like that. Um, 100%. So I just feel like for like, for me, it was more like, and I don't know if you guys are saying, but it's like just years of practice and like trying to figure out the best way to come back the most effectively. Like it's never, yeah. it's, you know, I'm never like, oh, I have to get back to where I was. I'm like, I just have to feel a certain level and then, uh, you know, I'll be pretty confident yeah. through everything. After. Yeah, I think what you just touched on that's super important for me is like, I get super nervous that, I'm going backwards when I've been sick or whatever. And then I come back and I try to make up for the time where I was away. And then I just either start back too soon when I'm sick and then I'll just get sick again or just do a little bit too much and just be super fatigued for the next couple of weeks. So I find the more that I get used to trying to train around sickness and going away and coming back, I always find uh, relative intensity right? So you, you're finding intensity that is appropriate for where your your health markers are at. And if you're struggling to breathe more than what you normally would in a, in a CrossFit setting, then you need to adjust your effort accordingly. Because um, otherwise, you could potentially cause some, uh, not super long term binge in most cases, but just you can extend your time that you're away from, from full fledged training. So that's where, where I'm at, at least. Yeah that that saying like trying to catch up that's really important like people try to catch up but you just can't catch up they're like that part's gone. Yeah, works yeah You're moving on to the next thing you're not you know it's mm -hmm. not like how much can you fill this up so um, you said greg your hip tell us about your hip you've been not feeling great with it what happened well we talked about all stars right yeah. um 
at the last All Stars, when I did that clean and jerk, it was the two cleans, one jerk. It was my last lift. It was 120 kilos. And I was actually feeling really good. I was even contemplating putting on more weight, but I'm like, oh, I'll just stay safe. We'll do 120. I think this will be enough. And um, it was coming out of my second clean. I just felt this little tear in my hip, um, like a little piece of paper tearing. That's what it felt mm-hmm. like. Um, and then I felt it Yucky. again when I did my dip into my drive and I did my jerk, it was fine. Cause yeah, I was, yuck. Um, That's bad. I was all, I was all fired up. So I just dealt with it. Yeah. People um, screaming at you in front of you. You don't feel yeah. it at the time, but, um, but then we had one more event to do after that. And it was like lunges, overhead squats, blah, 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 blah. And I, I literally couldn't do more than like one or two lunges without like grimacing. So luckily it was a team of four and um, Joel and, Joel loved lunging. Did more work, but I still, you know, put up with it. And I kind of like, even to be honest, I changed my movement pattern a little bit. I I kind of like squatted down and then I like hinged back out of a deadlift to just avoid that pain. The lunges was the worst and it was like good on this leg, really bad on that leg. Anyway, I try not to make a big deal about it. We won the competition. Hoorah. I had a beer. And then, um, and then I, I felt like I recovered relatively quickly. I didn't do much squats after that. And then we went to New Zealand and it was at its worst when I wasn't doing a goddamn thing other than laying down, sitting, driving, you know, we did snowboarding, but not like that much to like warrant, you know, and a bad hip. Um, but it was, it was actually doing nothing that was even worse. So I knew like movement is definitely the answer. Anyway, I came back and um, I'm actually feel like I'm on the mend and it's actually getting better, but I, um, yeah. I just definitely limit my squatting and my lower body. I guess what you said, like I just limit the intensity on the things that I know will be a bit sketchy and I still try and put in the intensity to other things. So I'll be obviously scaling some things to like, Hey, I'm just going to fucking do some upper body stuff more than my lower body stuff. And when it's my lower body stuff, it, it looks super boring. Hey, it's just like five sets of 10 mm. RDLs on one side. My butt lights up something <laughs> um, and that's probably a good thing because it only lights up on one side so it's, i know it's doing something and on the other side i feel yeah. like super strong and like i could do like 20 reps without it burning um mm. but yeah it's it's on the mend and um it's not really something that I, I love promoting and talking about but i've always had tight hips and i feel like i'm more of like a dead lifter and a, a hinger and i'm not great at squatting um but i'm working on it yeah good but, I think My it's nerves. so important to remember how to work around things like this. Like not yeah. just being like, Oh, I can't squat. Like can't do anything. just no. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. And I think that's what you Yeah. And but that's what you're doing, right? You're doing your box squats with an empty bar, you're still moving through a range of motion that is pain free. And I think that's super important to remember for those of us that do end up getting a hip injury or tearing their hamstring, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you still want to move in a anything that's less than a, a three or four out of ten pain is is fine to do. So yeah, um, I feel like if I had yeah. to do it right now, I could jump in and do like a fucking squat workout, and I would be fine after a warm up at the time. Yeah, and then the level of pain the next at couple of days, yeah, like, you know, pretty pretty bad. So I think yeah. that's something that's also very important to note for a lot of people is that we often have these like little niggles and injuries and everybody I've heard people, members, athletes, everyone be like, Oh yeah, but once I'm worn up, it's fine. It's like, that's not the point. 
the point is yeah. that once you stop, there's excruciating yeah. pain, you know? And it's like, yes, by all means, we don't want to stop moving altogether, but we can't be having you do stuff and then not be able to walk for three days afterwards. Like, yeah, 100%. You have to learn how to be like, I can train around it. Like I can do lots of other things without making it worse. Yeah. Correct. Well, if there was a um, fitness regimen that we could do, it would be fucking CrossFit because there's so many (laughs) things you can work on. Um, And it's like, Hey, you've, you've hurt your shoulder or you've, you've, you've rolled your ankle playing touch football. All right, good. It's time to work on that bench press that you fucking suck at. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, Oh, you, you tore your hamstring. Okay. You're doing handstand pushups every day for the next six months. Let's go. Yeah. It's really, yeah, it's really good to work on a weakness when you are actually yeah. slightly recovered 100%. from something. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like so, an injury to bring up those weaknesses. Yeah. 100%. Um, I wanted to touch mm. on the last three or four weeks of programming and yeah. I guess maybe some things that we can expect as well going forward. But I just wanted to get like, you know, your thoughts on like the last – three weeks and I, it's probably felt a little bit different from some people as well, hitting some high rep volume um, power movements and um, hitting some pretty gnarly workouts on Tuesday and doing some zone two stuff. Like what are your thoughts on the last couple of weeks? I've been away for two. So Riz, you're up. <laughs> um, I, like I said, at the start of the podcast, I feel like I've been really enjoying it. I mean, a big thing for me is, my just general cardiovascular fitness. I'm not naturally inclined to just be like the fittest person. Um, And so I feel like the zone two for me has definitely encouraged me to work on it. It's like, it's not, it's like, it's forced me to uh, not avoid it anymore. I think is the main thing. And then I've actually seen like, it really, like I feel like I'm a lot calmer in workouts. So that's mm-hmm. just something that I feel like I've been able to focus on and really improve is like just my general breathing, you know, like I, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but like I did that 5K run and my heart rate was 197. Like it was 5K. Yeah, run. it's crazy. My heart rate yeah. should have been at 197, you know, so. That's more than your max heart rate, Rian, please. <laughs> <laughs> for me, for me, I really sh- like. I really wanted to focus on that. Um, I also am not good at high volume. It's not like something like you said before, Greg. You know, my my background for the last four years has been weightlifting, so a f- super high volume is just not a concept my body is familiar with. But mm. I feel like going by the guidelines that we've given, like the right percentages or the RPE. I'm really like, even though I'm like, oh, I could go more, like just like abiding by those kind of um, recommendations. Yep. Yeah, because there's a reason why they're there. Yeah, and doing it that way, I've I've seen really great results. I feel really, really awesome. I've just, yeah, like I just think I feel like overall, I I have noticed like my ability to stay calm and my ability to continue. Um, has definitely improved and that's only in three weeks so yeah that's awesome that's pretty cool this is um, this has been the the 
like a block that I've been looking forward to the most, not just to do myself, but to see other people do because it is hard. Like the stuff we're doing is, it is not just physically hard, but mentally hard. Like doing 40 minutes of zone two running isn't easy in terms of just, oh, you bet. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to run faster than what zone two is. And then, yes, it feels good in the moment and feels like you're getting fitter and whatever, but, uh, there's there's method to the madness and and sticking to the program is uh it it pays off in the long run so i'm pretty excited what the next six uh, five to six weeks has in store for us so i've actually liked the large amount of variety that is happening yeah. um mm. even though there's a lot of consistency with like yeah you know you're squatting 20 on monday and you know you're deadlifting 20 on friday and you know tuesday is going to be kind of long and you know, Wednesday is going to be weightlifting. Like to me, I feel like I'm doing CrossFit, like real CrossFit because like we, we're going really short and intense. Like this workout, for example, the uh, 2159 hang power snatch overhead squat. There was a nine minute time cap, but the, the normal time was like three, four or five minutes. And um, the amount of intensity I saw there was like, it looked like people were doing their first ever CrossFit workout when they were like yeah. laying on the ground after a three minute workout. And so then the next day awesome. you've got like some super long grindy workout with some bar muscle up practice or zone two training. And then you're going into yeah. like a partner workout after a 20 rep deadlift. Um, I'm, I'm really liking like the themes that we've got going on. Um, there was another workout that I'm I wish to. I had seen that, that snatch overhead squat workout and I hadn't missed it on my holiday. I think that was, oh, that would have been so good to see, um, people throw down and try and like hold onto that bar and go unbroken. It would have been so such an saw, awesome thing to um, see. Sarah and Ben doing this workout together unfortunately yeah, that Sarah been. was standing in front of Ben so she was facing forward and he was facing her so she couldn't see him but she was actually oh, yeah. beating him for the majority of the workout and then I think when they get to the nine she just holds it on her hip a little bit to sort of like re-establish some mm. grip I, th- I think I may have may or may not have said if you don't go unbroken you're dead to me but um yeah yeah fair so she was like forcing to go unbroken and I think Ben saw that and he just like ended up and just went yeah beating her for like two seconds because he knew that she was just stopping for a second but she still went yeah, unbroken yeah, yeah. and he went unbroken I think they were like incredible times super super fast and yeah rolling around yeah. on the floor, floor screaming yeah. afterwards and I, I find that that's like super important that people like that, like two of the best athletes in the gym are doing a 25 kilo snatch and overhead squat workout or a 35 kilo snatch and overhead squat mm-hmm. workout, just like everyone else, even though Ben snatches over hundred and even though Sarah's snatches well over 60, yeah, um, 50 or 60. Um, but to not go heavier in weight, just to, fucking rip in and show me intensity and they fucking brought the intensity that day yeah and that's that's the thing though as well as get uh, i've read something pretty cool the other day that um uh, compared your training environment so like how much intensity and who you're training around to the program that you're doing and you can do a not that that's what we're doing, but you can do a sub optimal program. And if you are training with good people and being competitive with them and, and putting in the hard yards and get, getting that intensity, you're getting more benefit than 
doing a low intensity with the perfect program. So like really putting in every single time that you are doing whatever you're doing, whether it's weightlifting or a 21.59 or a 20 minute AMRAP, getting the appropriate intensity out of each workout is way more beneficial than worrying whether you should have done 26 minutes or 24 minute AMRAP, you know, like. Yeah. Um, how many times have you yeah. gone into the gym? How many times have you gone into the gym not really feeling it and you end up sending it or training really well because the people that you're training 100%. with that day have actually like brought you back up to level again? You know, you so might have a shit day at the, um, you know, crawling around attics or whatever you do as a sparky yeah. or like, you know, kissing men. Um, and That's- you know, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, Greg. Please, come on, no. mate. There's there's this there's this meme that I saw about like plumbers and sparkies and it's just like they're just back and forth. <laughs> um, but you know you could have a really really shit day and I've had shit days in the past and I just walk in and I when I do a class especially after a shit day I feel ten times better um, just because mm. the the level of intensity is higher and the atmosphere is good and you know you're meeting new people and you're actually like yeah. feeding off other people's energy. I couldn't this, imagine training by myself in the garage. Yeah, this is, and I know people do it, and that's incredible. Yeah, this is something that I have always said, and it's a big reason why I stopped doing CrossFit competitively was because I had to train alone a lot of the time, and it sucked. And I ended up not enjoying myself or enjoying my training, and you stop seeing really good results. The best times and my you know best performances and my best training has always been when I'm training with other people and Mm -hmm. you get so much more out of that even if it's just like you're just having a fun training session like the vibe and the energy that that carries over into the rest of the training sessions for the week and you know your mentality coming in the next day like that makes a really big difference and I think yeah 100% I often see people who will train on their own or they'll do things alone like in the gym and they're training really hard but you don't really have um, a good comparison. Even like even if you have one of the best times in the gym, sometimes like, you know, you don't really have a good comparison of like what other people are doing or where they're pushing or how they're doing the workout. And 100%, those, yeah in your own routine your own head and your own mind and it can be really limiting it can be super limiting or you could just not do all the reps and you know not realize you're not you know you've missed reps or you missed a whole round and you just like it's really easy when you're constantly training alone for those things to start to creep in Mm -hmm. i think that's why like that's why CrossFit is so great is because when you are in the class five or you are training with a group of people, it holds you accountable. It keeps the vibe 100%. It makes you want to train harder. Yeah, 100%. The amount of times I've been yelled at by Joel because he thinks I – he was like, there's no way you finished that before I did. And I'm like so he many does that times. a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> it does it all the time. We call him out for it all the time. We're like – like Harry will be scaling or whatever. Harry Harry Wood will have a – he'll be doing 15 reps instead of 20 and Harry will finish before Joel and Joel will be like, get back to the fucking bar. Do 20. Like in the middle of the workout. So good. He's so grumpy when he's working out. It's my favorite. It's the best. But it's a good – it holds you accountable. Like it keeps you on your toes and, you know, it's all in good fun. Like I think – Yeah, 100%. 
that's the best thing about having like training buddies and you know yeah for sure yeah and it's good for banter as well um yeah greg glassman said that if you're always racing uh, if you're always like riding a bike and racing by yourself you're always winning right and then you go ahead mm-hmm. and you race with a whole bunch of people and you get your ass kicked but you try even harder so what's more important yeah. winning and going slower or coming 10th but going faster um no, and that's why you want to be training with people that are better than you or just like being in a really good environment and we kind of I kind of like had that thought as well when we were doing our, our warm up for, uh, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. No, it was Wednesday, the weightlifting. We did seated vertical jumps just to get some explosiveness through the, the hips. And then we did a vertical leap. So we were just trying to jump as far as possible. And the first couple of times, horizontal, just, horizontal leap. Yeah. Vertical jump. Yeah. And um, thanks for working on that angles for me. Yeah, and then no um, people were just doing doing like five jumps in a row, and I'm like, "Stop! This is the line. Yeah, Get behind the line. Have a piece of chalk. Do your jump. I want you to mark your back foot, and, and then, then walk I back. I want you to beat that mark every single time. And there mm-hmm. were people that could beat that mark every single time because they had a visual marker to beat. But mm-hmm. if they didn't have that visual marker, they wouldn't have tried as hard, and they just like jump again. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how they, they beat it by like one centimeter every single time. So their chalk line looks like one, yeah. two, three, four, five. They beat it by one centimeter every single time because they had a visual marker. Can I repeat that mm-hmm. any more times? Yeah. yeah. I think um, something as well, like I don't ever train like, when I'm training alone or if I'm, you know, there's only one or two other people there and we're just, you know, sometimes you do just go through the motions and I think that that is also important to do. You can't max out red line every single day and expect to be able to come in and feel 100% on every day and give 100% of PB and win and do everything. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like, I like to choose the days where I know I'm going to hurt. I'm going to hurt that little bit more. It's going to be a little bit harder. And I'll try and rally people to train with because, yeah. it's like, I want to I wanna get – more out of myself on those days than be like oh I'm, this is a great workout for me i'm just you know i'm gonna crush it or whatever i try to pick yeah up I'm like not great at or i know i'm gonna hurt a little bit more but if i'm pushed because like it's nothing I'll, I'll work real hard when i'm being pushed but if you are like i'll oh, just do whatever i'll be like okay yeah 100 percent yeah you, when you were you. going to adelaide you drove, right? Yep. Did you ever have the urge to like, when I, when I go on like long drives and I like drive, especially in the countryside and I see a tree and I'm like, that tree would be so perfect to hang some rings over and just do 30 muscle ups. <laughs> do you ever have that? Well, urge or no? I actually took like basically my whole home gym along with me on my drive down. So oh, I had, no, no, I had dumbbells, sandbag, I had some rings in there. I had a bunch of stuff, but unfortunately I ended up being sick three days in. So I only used the used the gym equipment twice. So, no. um, yeah, so I ended up not being able to use it all, but yes, yes, I do. Just me in a, uh, <laughs> me in the caravan park that we're, where we were camping on the way down every night doing dumbbell snatches and dumbbell squats and some burpees and the old people, old people in their caravans looking at me funny. 
How much weight did you have in the car? Uh, of like, I had both our 15 kilo dumbbells, both our 22 kilo dumbbells and our 50 kilo sandbag. Mm. You may just want to get your wheels aligned or check that, <laughs> check that everything's yeah. all good there. Yeah. And we were um, towing the trailer as well on top of that. So yeah, I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah. Hard yucca. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just before we go, I just wanted to um, have a look at next week's programming and we can kind of like, I can even take snippets of this and pop it on sugar water as well if you want, but it doesn't have to take super long, but mm-hmm. here is our next week. Let me have a look here. Can you see that? Uh, yep, I could see it now. Speed. All right, so on Monday, like we talked about in the class today, that um, we're trying to go from using that strength and see if we can apply it to actual workouts and work capacity. So Monday we're doing a squat-heavy workout and on Friday we're doing a deadlift-heavy workout and then we're going to reintroduce um, the 20 reps again the week after. So um, yep. this workout is a fucking absolute banger and it's going to bring the intensity. We got six, nine, 12, nine, six lateral burpees over the bar, front squats and chest to bar pull-ups. I saw some people Mm -hmm. do this in about eight minutes, but I reckon like eight to 10 minutes will be a really good time. Um, But most people will probably be living about that 10 to 13 minute mark. Um, When you can something like that, Greg, what is your like advice in terms of, like what does the first minute of your workout look like and what are you saying to yourself in a workout like that? Like are you being like, okay, I'm going as fast as I can or are you trying to have a, uh, some kind of controlled aggression and how are you doing that? For this workout in particular, I'm I'm smart enough now to know when, when the reps go up like this, then you're not a rock star in the first two minutes. So mm-hmm. for – but, but that being said, like eight minutes is still a relatively fast workout. So I would need to do this workout and then redo it again if I wanted to really like push the pace. But mm-hmm. honestly, for this workout, if I decide to do it with the front squats and see how my hip is, I'm my my set of six will probably be a lot slower than what people think. And then my mm-hmm. set of nine will probably like up the ante a little bit. And then I feel like the workout, in my opinion, is 12, nine, six. And the six yep. and the nine, I just like a bit of a feeler. Me personally, mm. chest to bar pull-ups have to be unbroken. The front squats have to be unbroken. And the lateral burpees are not fast. And I reckon I could hold the front squat and the chest bars unbroken if I can slow my burpee rate down and just keep under control. Mm-hmm. But when you see yep. six, nine, 12, don't, don't go fast at the start. First two minutes will yeah, dictate 100%. the rest of this workout. Mm-hmm. You, can, you won't win it in the first two minutes, but you can definitely lose it in the first two minutes if you go out too fast. For sure. Riz? Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I'm excited to see the guys actually put everything that we've done over the last three weeks and see if their capacity to hold on and feel that leg burn and their heart rate increase and manage that you know intensity in that workout i think it's a great way to test what we've been doing yeah cool and that's kind of the goal is that we're looking at this workout and we've we've done three weeks worth of high volume squats we've done in our extra work we've done three weeks worth of high volume chest bars so this workout's a really good opportunity for you to express that uh 
in a in an explosive and aggressive manner. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and cool. yeah, this is this will be a fire workout. I'm really looking forward to that. Mm. The next workout, you guys have heard of the Miko Triangle, right? Yes. 100%. Um, Worst workout just, of all time. We're just going to call this the Ducks Triangle because our ski ergs are still. I'm, I've, I was on the phone to him like two weeks ago and I'm like, can you come out and fix it before this week? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll try my best. Anyway, they're fucking slack ass. So. I figured we're just going to make it a little bit more CrossFit opening, a little bit more zone two, zone three training E, and a little bit more just like sweat and recover from any potential doms that we have from Monday. So we got mm-hmm. a 40 minute EMOM, row or ski, mix it up, bike, mix it up on e- either bike. And then we got our shuttle runs, one minute on each station, one minute rest on a workout like this. I'm going to even tell the class, I don't give a flying fuck what your score is. Just try to move for 60 seconds on each station. Try and keep your arms pumping on the rower. Try and keep your legs pumping on the bike and try to not walk on the on the shuttle runs and you'll get what I want from this workout. If you're super desperate about getting a good score, then I don't know, you might be missing the point a little bit on this one. But um, either way, it's it's 40 minutes of, of sweating a lot. Mm-hmm. Just pure capacity and... Um... Would you suggest trying to find a number and hold that number across the whole 40 minutes or are you just trying to go for the whole minute on every every round? That would probably be a good way to stay consistent, hey, is like find a number. I did a video and I was actually talking about um, the diagnostics and all the information that you see on the screen and we typically don't mm. not- notice or look at that that much, whereas this could be a really good opportunity to find your averages and see what your average rowing stroke rate is and see what your yeah. average cad- cadence is on the bike. And I sort of said try to stay consistent with them numbers, not so much the calories, but stay consistent on mm-hmm. the cadence or the stroke rate. And I think you'll probably stay a bit more under control there. And the shuttle runs, it's – it's not that long of a distance. So your stride and how many steps it takes you actually matters. And you should be really deliberate with how you turn and what foot you lead with. And what I find my shuttle runs as well as I actually start running backwards as I get to the line. And so then I touch, put my hand on the floor and I'm already facing that way. And that just mm-hmm. helps with my, my change of direction a little bit. Yeah, cool. I'm pretty excited for this one. I've done Miko's Triangle before, and for those who don't know, that's a row, ski, assault bike, rest. And I think RX is, what, 20 cals a minute for 40 minutes for guys? I don't think there was a number on it. I think it was just an AMRAP like this. Uh, Okay, I think I've seen seen games athletes doing it and challenging themselves to try and hold hold the 20 across, which is absolutely bonkers. So uh, if you guys want to give that a crack, I'll yeah, be man. pretty impressed. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. Rian, you want to touch on Wednesday? Um, yeah. So we have been doing over the last four weeks uh, some complex work, just working off of our power percentages. And we are gradually building to um, start working under a little bit of fatigue. So we are still um, on the power snatch, snatch, pause, overhead squats. Um, And it's just building up in confidence and strength and still good quality reps and making sure that 
obviously you're moving efficiently and you're strong, your shoulders are strong, catches are good, you're stable in the bottom of your squat, um, all of those things because they will start to convert to the next phase of the lifting that we're going to do. Um, but, yeah, the, the complex work has just been slowly increasing in percentages. So now you're going to start to see upwards of like that 80%. Um, on that's the first time we've seen 80 percent right yeah yeah it is of it is only of your power um which reduces for some people that's more well exactly some people have a higher power than they just snatch which is wild um (laughs) but not me yeah not me for those who don't this is it's a great way to just move efficiently and you know just focus on good um, technique and being strong and stable in all of your positions. Um, and it's just a little bit of endurance on the barbell. It's, uh, it's a lot harder to, you know, repeat high power output on a complex like that than it is to just, you know, do three power snatches or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of like power snatch into a full snatch. Cause if, if you don't have good footwork, then you're, you're fucked up. So yeah. it really encourages yeah. good footwork when you do a power first and then you squat like last week was really good with the cleans. Yeah. Um, and I think the main thing that we've been like trying to talk about is just, yeah, like making sure that each of those reps is the same and that you're being consistent across your movement. And that's the best thing about complexes is if there's like a variation in what you're doing from one thing to the next and for most people that occurs in their pool to some degree like if you pull too much with your arms or you you know if there's a change in that it's gonna mess up the next movement so it's Mm -hmm. really good for like developing that good consistency in everything that you're doing regardless of you know whether it's a power or a full yeah 100 percent Moving on to Thursday. Um, so if you've been paying attention, every second Thursday has been like purely just running and every opposite Thursday has been running, but then, you know, other movements involved in a little bit more crossfit style. So that way we're keeping the running every single week, but we're just, you know, layering on some fun stuff to keep the attendance high and to focus on stuff that we don't typically do in workouts very often. So 20 minutes on the clock, you're going to run 1600 meters. And I actually encourage you to not run that hard. Try and like hold whatever zone two pace, or maybe even just slightly heavier than that at the beginning. So you can really put the effort into what's left in the gym, which will still be a good amount of time. Um, So 1600 meter run, then you're just going to go as many rounds as possible. 10 meter sled push, 15 meter handstand walk and 25 meter dead ball carry. Uh, And that can, that doesn't have to look fast and furious as well. That can be like just, 10 to 15 minutes worth of really good practice or training for some handstand walks or, you know, getting yeah. comfortable with a heavy dead, dead ball. If you're not used to picking up heavier ones or just having some fun with the sled, just something a little bit different there. Cool. Here's the banger of the week. In my opinion, I reckon this one is going to be an absolute rip snorter. I think the Saturday one is even more confronting. <laughs> Did you say the word confronting? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we got we got two confronting workouts back to back, but that's what you get when you go a heavy day and then a skills ish day and then Friday yeah. and Saturday it's time to work hard. Um, so ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. We got deadlifts at that moderate to heavy load, and then dumbbell bench press. After every set, you're going to do ten toes to bar. So that's a hundred toes to bar. Yeah. Just like today, there was one hundred and five toes to bar. Um, 
but the deadlift is where I really hope that people can start to shine now. Um, so obviously that's going to be heavier than what people are doing for their 20, but it should be, you know, comparatively what they could easily do for 10, nine, and then obviously downwards down to one. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I definitely have been telling people or want to tell people you should be doing the deadlifts unbroken, or at least you could, if you had to do the set of 10 unbroken. So pick that weight if you're not sure about that. Yeah, cool. This is the first mm -hmm. time ever that I'm looking at an 85 kilo deadlift for reps and being like, I can do this. <laughs> that's yeah. so exciting. It's a, that's a big think, deal. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's a deadlift heavy workout, yeah. I think it won't be the deadlifts that slow people down now. And I guess that's the goal, right? After doing all these deadlifts, mm -hmm. they should be like, oh, actually the deadlifts weren't that bad. All of a sudden mm -hmm. I realized my my chest, um, my, my bench press sucks or my lack of toes to bar when I get fatigued. Um, and then that compounding effect on your deadlift grip strength followed by all them toes to bar. I'm really mm -hmm. curious to see if can people back up and do all them toes to bar a simple movement after holding onto a heavy barbell. 100%. Yeah. No, very exciting that I'm keen to see if people are able to hold on to a like a, a the same or similar size sets on their on their toaster bar for the whole workout. I think that's going to be the real determining factor on whether you feel you've succeeded in this workout or whether you feel you've failed in this workout is if you are doing twos and threes at the end of your workout, you may have gone faster than the person doing tens in their in their workout, but I think uh, you'll feel personally, I think you'll be more, uh, uh, there's more to gain from trying to do bigger sets, uh, for the whole 10 rounds rather than trying to do small sets just for the sake of going fast. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, do you want like Greg, do you, with this workout in mind, like, are you thinking like, yeah, do like, uh, try and hold on for 10 for as long as you can or, you know, what's your. Yeah, I think for a workout like this, our goal should be to be doing big sets on, or if not unbroken toaster by every single set and the deadlifts, hopefully what we've been working on, I want that to be unbroken as well. And ideally the, the bench press unbroken. And the point of that whole mm -hmm. rep scheme is to pick a weight that you can go unbroken at the start and let's see what your threshold training actually looks like. You should be able to knock one rep off and continue to go unbroken. And that's the whole point of 21, yeah. 15, nine as well. You take seven reps off, you should be able to continue to go unbroken or keep that intensity high. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, I don't think everyone's going to do this unbroken. Um, and not that that's like the final and only goal, but I think that our better athletes in the gym, that's, that should be their goal for this one. Um, especially if they want to do well in the open. That, for some people like i feel like i could do this unbroken but it's but, gonna be, but you'll go slower yeah it's gonna be slower than what personally i think if for the, for the people that are in that boat with along with you in the in the my bigger sets of toaster bar are going to be slower than breaking it up you need to be doing bigger sets of toaster bar more often yeah yeah. Because that's and, the only way that you're going to get better at doing bigger sets of toaster bar is by doing bigger sets of toaster bar. And gay it just to go faster for your workout, that's – you are now doing a wad. You are not training. Yeah. And that's what we're looking to do is we're looking to train. We're not looking to wad with our friends. I mean, we are wadding with our friends, obviously. But we're looking to train. And if you're looking at getting better, if you can't do sets of 10 and stay consistent throughout, and if you're doing sets of 10 is going to – 
make you slower, that's probably something you need to look at and work on more often. Yeah, ex- so. especially for the toes to bar because I think that I think we're pretty generous with it's only being ten toes to bar, but granted it's ten mm. sets, so that's appropriate. But in in history, every time I see an open workout, it's fifteen toes to bar, something else, mm-hmm. something else. Twenty five often. Remember that 20, workout? Twenty five or fifteen cleans. warble shots. Twenty five or fifteen toes to bar. Hundred percent. So I think ten is a small set to be to be breaking up a set of ten just to go faster. It means that you're avoiding a problem, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think you would actually learn more about yourself to try to do it unbroken, see where you start to fail or see where that grip fatigues. The fact that we're retesting this workout is actually really good as well. And that'll be a good data point mm-hmm. for you to be like, at the round of six, my toaster bar fell to shit. Sweet. So mm-hmm. in four weeks' time, we're going to hope that that gets to the round of three before they fall to shit. And that's like an extra 100%. three sets of 10 that you have actually improved mm-hmm. by potentially, you know, maybe resting a little bit longer in between or by, you know, just improving some grip strength in the last month worth of training. Yeah, awesome. I have no Saturday. Long, I have no idea how long this workout's going to take, but I'm guessing like 15 to 20. Fingers crossed. Um, d- can you tell me, does this look familiar and what year? Uh, 2000. Uh, yeah. 40, 15. 14, 15. No, no, it's later than that. I think it was 2017 or 18. That that one that was early in the year. Late. Or late in the year. Um, no, uh, 2017. I so it was. I said 17, please. 10 I said 17 or 18. Oh, did you? Okay. Um, I take it back. You are mm-hmm. right. Um, 2017, yeah, 10 rounds for time, nine thrusters, 35 double unders, relatively fast workout. It fucking hurt. It was like the last workout of the series of open workouts. So the fact that we're doing it in pairs. This is the workout to ever make me cry. Yeah, so we're going to do it in pairs, and you're only going to do eight rounds each. And the fact that you get a work rest, one-to-one rest, that's going to be better for you to keep the intensity high. It's only going to take, what, a minute to do a round? A round. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be basically like a minute on, a minute off for 16 rounds. And then you're going straight into 100 burpee box jumps split as needed. So I was suggesting that people just try to con- knock out tens at a time. I understand if people might need to go down to fives, but um, anything less than five is probably a little bit um, of a pussy factor. <laughs> Thoughts. Yeah, I, th- I think I like this workout because you've got that really high intensity with the going uh, one for one with pretty high heart rate movements. And then you're following that with a lot of reps of another high heart rate movement. But you're going to try and find a breathing pattern and a moving pattern that's going to allow you to bring your heart rate back down at the end of the workout. And then also leaving a little bit in the tank to be able to send that last 30 or 40 burpees is going to be uh Pretty pretty cool to see if people can uh, hang on to that. Yeah, good way to finish the week. 100%. Um, and then, you know, that will be our sort of like interim style week worth of training before we get back into our 20 reps 20s. again. So we're, mm-hmm. what's the RPE that we're going to go back to, Riz? So we're going to go back to the same week now. So whatever you did, uh, this like the week that we're currently in, so six and a half RPE. Yeah. The aim is to come back to that weight um, and do that again. The reason being it's 
just safer for that to happen. Um, I would be probably okay for the guys that are a little bit more trained, have done recent 1RMs and are working accurately off of their percentages to maybe increase slightly, but um, I don't see the point. I don't see the need to do that. I think if you can hit your 6.5 again and it feel great, especially after the volume of the week prior, um, then that is going to be more beneficial than just jumping up because you feel like your ego needs it. Yeah, I don't think there's a a need to be jumping up in weight every single week. I think it's going to be really good to uh, to hold that that weight that you did previously, and then that's going to give you more room to give that full send on that last as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's coming up pretty quickly. It is so quick. Yeah. Dude, I feel like I just went on my holiday and I feel like the program's nearly done. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> I missed it all! I missed my favourite one! Yeah. <laughs> well, um, team, I've got team. to go to the gym and um, coach some people. Just do me a solid and when I stop recording, don't close anything because it just takes a couple of like seconds or minutes to just like upload to the no cloud. Worries. Um Final thoughts. Uh, did you have Did you have one more minute? I just wanted to say something that I didn't really I think I wanted to talk about, but I think it's important that we do touch on it. Is just there's been um, a handful of people at the gym who have um, been cutting their reps or rounds in workouts, and I just wanted to touch on it and just tell people obviously like I'm not going to sit here and be like you're just cheating yourself or whatever like obviously you know this like the open's going to come around and you're going to do worse than you've been doing all year but I think the number one thing that you have to know is that the coaches see you doing it the members in the class see you doing it you're not getting away with it like you think you are um it's just disrespectful to everyone in the class who is doing all the work um just do all the work if you come third instead of coming first, that's fine. Just do the work. You're going to be better off it in the long run. Um, it, it's just a couple of people that are, whether they're being bad at counting, which is obviously you lose count sometimes, um, but uh, it happens on a, on a regular basis. And we just need to make sure that, we're keeping everyone to a standard because some people are sticking to the standard and it's just not right if you're not holding yourself to the same standard that everyone else is. So we're going to try and just hold everyone to the same standard across the whole gym. So it is different as well. If there's like, there's intent there and they're actually doing it on purpose, but I think we all kind of know the, uh, how hard it is to count as well. So there's, there's, yeah, there's one thing when it happens from time to time, but if it's consistent, then maybe there is something else going on there that you need to address yeah. and you probably do need to focus more on like maybe and if, going faster isn't as important as you actually counting all your reps, reps. and, you know, yeah. focusing more on that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know um, if they actually know that they're doing it or not firstly. Um, and if it's yeah, a shock to them, then obviously, we, can like, we can work on this. Like that's something you yeah. can actually work on. It's something, here's a counter. Like, please use the counter. It's not, if you can't count, that's fine. But also, if you can't count, you will sometimes accidentally do too much. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you see a a trend of some person doing too few reps every single day, 
in never doing, accidentally doing too many reps, um, that person, in my opinion, is not miscounting. That person is deliberately cutting corners. And I don't know what the reason is to be doing that. Uh, just don't do it, please. Greg's going to put a camera in the gym so we can catch you guys. Well, I was actually just going to buy a whole bunch of abacuses and, you know, you can just <laughs> <laughs> I, You know what? The, my biggest thing is there is a movement standard for a reason and there are pretty simple standards to follow. And, like, even just that workout – like I always say it at the start of my classes, whenever I'm there, I'm like, I have a pet peeve, an air squat, your hips need to go below parallel and your hips need to open at the top. There's that's It's literally the easiest movement. It's so simple mm. to do. And yet Just, people yeah. still continuously cheat that movement and move quickly and reduce the range or all to just better a score that doesn't matter and like you said before mm. Liam, that's not that's not training you're just wadding and yeah. there's i think mm-hmm. if if, the, if that's an advanced person doing that then yeah they're trying to go too fast but i i see yeah. like people that are new to crossfit they just don't even know you're like oh yeah obviously haven't you heard, the, haven't difference... you heard hips crease below knees before and i'm like i heard it at every competition they're like what the fuck is yeah. a hip crease you know yeah. like yeah sometimes i don't know but yeah there are other people that Purposely, they're trying to move 100%. so fast because their their arch nemesis across the room is like moving onto the rings, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's just it goes back to that whole movement standards are there for a reason. One to keep you safe. Two to make you work, uh, you know, harder and be able to develop better. And you know, cheating those standards or cheating reps or whatever it might be, like. You just, you're not training at that point. And I think. Well, the data is all completely useless. If you're not showing that full range of motion, then we don't, you know, you can't, you can't accurately record it and then repeat it unless you're cutting the rep short again. So yeah, it's important from a data point of view and that's how you get better. And that's how you know. And it's like, if you never do a full range push up, how are you ever going to get better at it? Yeah. You should never do it. (laughs) Anyway. It is something that um, I, I feel like at, at, at times it's not that big a deal um, and then sometimes it feels like a very big deal. So I just thought we'd talk about it real quick. Just be like, hey, guys, we see it. Everyone in the class or around you sees it. Just if you have a hard time being like mentally being okay with losing, come talk to one of the coaches and we can help you work through that problem um, rather than you – winning and then open time comes and you're the saddest person in the gym well so. that's the thing they're, they're the people that are going to get mostly bummed out about this are the people that are doing it when it's it it actually it counts and then you're getting counted yeah. by someone maybe even one of us and it's like we're counting out loud you're at 17 yeah yeah also just on like a side note as a coach i have a habit of counting people's reps so yeah we know I know. I'm like, I will not anybody in particular, everybody, it doesn't matter who they are. I'll be like, Hey, you know, you were meant to be doing 15 reps. So, you know, is everything okay? Like you only did eight, hmm. like, you know, for somebody who is new and that can be for somebody who is advanced. Yeah. That doesn't, there's no discrepancy there, but like I will always make a conscious effort because it's a measure of like, if somebody's doing okay in a workout for me when I'm coaching a class. Mm. 
Yeah. No, anyway, good I think that's so enough of that. Um, you know, hopefully it doesn't continue and um, the abbas- yeah. abacuses are coming out. Abacuses and secret surveillance. Is that how you say two abacuses? Abacai. Okay. <laughs> anyway, team, I uh, will probably guys. see y'all tomorrow. Thanks. Yeah, no worries. I will see you around. And don't forget to um, don't Close. fucking. Yeah, leave it off. open. Yeah.